Welcome to the Creature Cast, the official console creatures podcast. I am your host this week, Steve Vicvardi, and alongside me right now, my good pal Bobby. Bobby, how are you doing? Uh, beautiful. Love that. that tells you really yeah, love that energy. You're you're coming in hot this week uh, for good reason too. Lining I mean, up like a meteor, you would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I, everyone that's clicked on this episode, they already know this one's going to be all about our spoiler-free Final Fantasy VII Rebirth review. You've got a chance to play it thanks to Square Enix. So very excited to hear your thoughts on the game. I know Dave will be joining us momentarily, but yeah, as the uh, the resident Final Fantasy fan, Final Fantasy VII fan as well, I want to yeah, I want to give you the floor. What top level? How are you feeling about this game now that we're imminently upon its release reviews are dropping how are you feeling i'm kind of depressed to be honest with you. oh shit I mean, <laughs> in the best way possible oh because, god we have to wait another four potentially four years to see what happens because like mm. honestly top level uh review like this game fucks this is yeah. the game you want to play put it on the box um, this game fucks it fucks like it, it really does because like there are obviously some we'll get into it later but there are obviously elements that are have always been hinted at and uh rebirth kind of fleshes out those those uh hints mm-hmm. so we can get that into that later but yeah, yeah. overall like i'm i don't i think i'm at a loss for words like i'm just really flabbergasted at, that this game exists and that um it's one week away from launching yeah and it's been a surreal 10 years because I was at PlayStation experience when this was announced in 2015. Wow. Yeah. And seeing where it is from there to 2024, I mean, it's been nine years and some change, but wow. I, I, I still don't believe this project exists. I'm at a loss for words, just understanding this game and what it means to so many people and growing up with it. And just like it, it really is a game that shaped a lot of people in sure. their tastes and um, their preferences and just everything. Like it really is a special game. It, for me, it is one of the best games of all time, but yeah, I mean, let's start from wherever you want. I mean, is there yeah. anything you want no, to know? Yeah. I, I took down some notes and then t- talking points because I, I'm genuinely curious. I mean, I am, historically not a final fantasy fan but i have said on on many many of these shows i'm a final fantasy 7 remake fan i'm a diehard i i loved it that was my coming to jesus moment if you will that was the the moment where i was like oh i get it now that was i was danny devito at the uh when when max dancing when he's coming out of the closet and danny devito is sitting there he's frank and he's like i get it now that was my moment and um ever since then yeah i've been eagerly awaiting um this game so yeah i kind of want to know like for me coming into it i have high expectations obviously because the 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 first remake was of such high caliber not only in its you know systems but also just in terms of its fidelity and everything so i kind of just want to know for you someone who's followed the the entire final fantasy franchise but specifically the original version of seven does this now middle entry meet your expectations exceeded your expectations like how are you walking away with it are you saying okay this is exactly what i was 
expecting not in terms of like story beats or anything like that because we're keeping right. it spoiler free but it just in terms of the quality in terms of the experience itself yeah okay so it exceeds every expectation i had wow. across the board like everything about this game um exceeds what remake was in in every way it, like remake is your version of a of a pizza pie it's a it's got some pineapple on it um rebirth it does away with all that and it's oh a straight God. up simple margarita pizza made in italy by a pizza chef that's what this game is it is like the most pure version of whatever jrpg is what Final fantasy 7 is and uh the developers f- like truly understand what makes this game so beloved what makes it tick and um elevates every aspect of the source material in every way imaginable everything that i i went in thinking went out the door and kind of realigned itself with with what their vision is instead of what i thought this game was going to be so from the top like it is a straight continuation so you're picking up right where uh integrate left off so like cloud and party have left midgard they're on the way to calm and you pick up right from there. And I mean, I'm assuming most people played the the, the demo that launched a couple of weeks ago where you play a Sephiroth and Cloud. That is the opening section. That is the first chapter. And that is basically a perfect introduction to what this game is. So like, if you've played that, you kind of know what you're getting into. But it isn't until you hit the second chapter where you're finally open in the open world that it all comes together. Because without... That open world, I don't think this game would have meshed as well as it did. Um, that's what I feel is the most uh, important detail in this in this game. Is this world is really what makes these characters shine. It is such a beloved world mm-hmm. and character set because they combine each other and they be they basically pair with each other. Like they're perfectly made for each other. Right. Well, I so going uh, to calm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, just kind of jumping off of that quickly, um, and then we can get back to it. Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Like, does the open world justify itself in terms of not only the gameplay, but what you're talking about, like character moments? Is it, is it more or less just a vessel to to interact with these characters, see how they mesh together, see how they can go off on individual adventures and stuff like that? Like, explain to me how the open world differs in terms of its placement in this. In this entry versus, you know, remake, which was kind of more, you know, there were some like open areas, but there were more or less like close off hubs, if you will. Right. So perfect example is you have remake, which was lots of corridors, linear Mm. paths, very corporate. Uh, Everything was kind of dull. Yeah. You knew what you were going like, you know, what was basically coming as you were playing the story, you were going to different sectors. It all kind of blended together. The moment you step out of Midgar and you enter the world, I think it's like the best way to put it is like a filter comes on and you finally get to see all the color come to life. So you see the world come to life in that aspect. That's cool. The best way to say it is I actually put it, there's actually a quote here. So there's a little preview in, and I believe it's a demo. And Aerith's like, wow. She's like, there's so much beauty in this world. And she's like, I've never seen so much green before. But Red's like, well, it may look that way. But in reality, the world's barely hanging on. So, like, you kind of get, like, duality of it. Like, this world right. is gorgeous. But you kind of understand that there's 
some really high stakes going on because what Sephiroth has done and what you need to do to, to follow him is kind of where now the game the game kicks into overdrive because now you have a mission, you have this world you need to track him down in. And the game opens up in the grasslands just like it did in FF7 Vanilla, which is what I, I kind of prefer to call it. It's the original. It's It's the first open section of the game that you experience. It is stunning. Like I, I, I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic. It is probably one of the most stunning sections of the game. It's, it's also the first one you encounter, and it's, it's, it's got everything. So you have, uh, you have little towns everywhere. You've got chocobo stops. You've got mm-hmm. farms. You've got, uh, ru- like ruins of like a, of the old Republic of Junon. So everything there has a purpose. Like everything you see is explorable. You can go there. There's likely a mission there that 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 isn't just there for the purpose of being a mission. So there okay. are missions obviously in the game, but they are integral to the story. Kind of just like the witchers. Like I, I know that's kind of what the reference was in a lot of interviews for re for rebirth. Um, the witcher side quests were kind of like, I guess the gold standard for a while. Yeah. So in that regard, like they, they nail it. Every mission kind of has a purpose and they're all well worth just doing because they build your relationships between people. So like there's a mission early on where you're on a chocobo farm and the farmhand has a wagon that needs repairing and it's, it feels like a simple fetch quest. And in reality, sure it is, but the whole point of this mission is you're building your relationship with Aerith because she, she's investigating what's going on in this village and, and why this wagon's broken. And then she gets to learn why the farmhand just let everything go and then it's up to cloud to whether accept the mission or just say nope we don't want to do it let's keep going and that affects your relationship with her so obviously there are elements that build further on in the story when you hit the gold saucer so like these are things you want to make note of where you're you're building relationships early on so that the payoff comes later when you get to the gold saucer interesting yeah because so, i i mean for me i only have so many like points of reference in terms of the series but as, as soon as i heard oh they're going for a more you know vast scope open world i was like oof i just came off ff16 which to the game's credit i mean they had some very great side quests but a lot of them were right. side quests you know, the for the sake of being there, exactly, it was just, it was just padded the the experience, and and in my opinion, it derailed some of the momentum of the storytelling. Where yep. it was like you come off these grandiose boss battles, and then you're picking picking up rocks for for some old villager. So I'm I'm happy to to know coming into this that it's like okay, I'm it, it it's worth exploring just as much as it was in remake. Because in my opinion, I I think that all the side quests and all the supplemental content of of remake was yeah. worth investigating it was part of the overall experience and i walked away pleasantly surprised in that in that sense and that's what they did they kind of doubled down on that and, and um i guess fine-tuned it i want to say that they amped it up but they fine-tuned it so it, it feels a lot more integrated the payoff is way way more worth it right because you're building not only uh repertoire with these characters mm-hmm. but you're learning more about them and like their their resolutions and who they really are so like you're you're getting it's like a, it's it is like a double ended it's it is a, it's a double prize basically you I mean you obviously get the character moments but you also get the obviously the rewards so like it, it is definitely worth experiencing them all and they only get better like as you progress into the story every new section of the game 
They be, they're just they get bigger and better. Like the quests just really flesh out these characters in a way that the original could never have done, and I'm thankful for that because these versions of these characters, like Cloud and Tifa and Aerith, bar none, are the best depictions. Like they blow out everything out of the water, and it isn't until you get maybe halfway and you're like, wow. There are some really great character moments that you would have never, ever, ever experienced in any other medium because mm. to do this in a movie or a show, probably possible, but it's not as, um, it's not as uh, rewarding because you're not really controlling them; you're just kind of watching it. So, like, you're actively putting them in the situations, and you're you're able to, you know, mold what their decisions are, and it feels good. Uh, let's take a moment just to introduce Dave. He finally joined us. Woo, Dave! Oh, Yay! Yay. We're, talking, we're talking about Bluey, right, guys? Yeah, let's yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but there's a game coming out that Bobby is very excited yeah. about. It's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, oh my God! Never heard of it. What is this series? Is it new? I don't. Yeah. Very it's, new. It's fairly new. Yeah. It's fairly new. Uh, yeah, cool, cool. All right, I'll, I'll look. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. It's yeah. very indie, very indie. Uh, very indie. Yeah, yeah. Just right as indie as Dave the Diver is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that that got me. That was good. I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad, good. Dave. <laughs> off the to, off the top of your head, did you have any questions about the game? Or are you just along for the ride? Um, well, how are you I'm feeling? Along... Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not on the hype train like like most people are. I I, I played. I played through remake and um, I think I said it maybe a few weeks ago or yep. something roughly a month ago. Or so I was like, yeah, it was fine. I, I just, I didn't connect with, with the story and the characters in most of the ways that other people did mm -hmm. not to say that it's bad. Everyone has their own preferences. Everyone yep. connects with yep. different characters for different storylines. All good. It just wasn't there. It looked great. I think it played great. I think there are some good character moments and story beats. It just didn't, come into a full package that I would put another, I don't know if you guys ever talked about this, another 30 to 40 to 50 hours in, into the franchise. Maybe, again, down the line, just like it took me a couple years to do Remake, maybe down the line, I'll, I'll do Rebirth, and I'll go from there. But maybe once they all come to Xbox, right? Once they're all on Xbox yeah. and could Switch. Be, could be a while. Yeah. Switch yeah. 3 direct by that time. Cut. Switch 3. <laughs> could be a while. Could be a while. Yeah, but. so it's, yeah, it's unfortunately uh, for me, it's it's hard for me to be like, yes, this is this is my game. It's It's just not. So. That's that's totally fair. I mean, yeah. by all means, anytime, please jump in with questions. I I I, I was telling Bobby I had some just coming in as like a novice uh, Final Fantasy right. Seven fan. Right. Um, yeah, no. The other thing I was very curious about is like any new systems in terms of the gameplay. I'm coming in this like super like in the dark. I even resisted playing the demos. Um, right. the one that came out a couple weeks ago and the one that dropped today is the time we're recording. Because I'm like at this point, I I've waited so long. I might as well just wait a little longer. And with Not that, yeah. I, I've, I've also, I think, missed the last two trailers. Because, again, I'm just on kind of yeah. media blackout. I have no interest in kind of spoiling this experience for myself. So in terms of the gameplay, I really don't know what to expect, what they have done to refine it, add to it. What, talk to me here, Bobby. What, what have they kind of done to expand on what was already established in uh, Remake? Yeah, there are a lot of new systems, yeah. and um, 
really the, the best thing you could have done is avoid the last three or four trailers. So like there, there are a lot of things that kind of spoil that. So that's good. Um, there are very simple things. So starting with just exploration, Cloud can now kind of parkour through like Ooh. obstacles. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. So I mean, because the world's so big and like it's very, the terrain's varied. So like there are obviously cliffs and like there are rock faces. You have to climb up those. So Cloud can not climb those. He jumped down them. There is that obvious um, controversy where we saw the yellow paint. Oh, it's really not that big, big of a deal because, like, honestly, it, it is good for accessibility. Yeah, I love some yellow paint. I, I handhold me through an entire game. I really don't care. Exactly. I, 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 the, the one thing that will turn me off of the game is me not knowing where to go. Oh, that's I'll way, instantly get frustrated and get way up. worse. Way worse. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, that, that's like a very small. Uh, portion of it like a lot of times like it kind of just makes sense the world so you kind of know where you're going mm -hmm. the chocobos are fantastic uh, i know that they were probably i believe they were in the first one but not to the degree they are here so like every region has their own chocobo some might climb the rock faces to get up to uh, you know unreachable areas you can't get by by walking or climbing others you can fly to get too high out of reach places there are other ones that you can race everyone can race so like they're obviously very fast these birds as you have seen, may have seen in the trailers and every open area section has uh chocobo stops where you can kind of fast travel to so you're obviously looking for these these bus stops to fa a lot fast travel and every section of the world has like a mini game for for the chocobos to, to actually unlock fast travel you have to hunt down the chocobo in that section and then trying to figure out how to capture it so that you can summon them at any time to get from a to b okay and it's a lot of fun like honestly the, the mini games are very very are varied in how you do them so a lot of stealth sections so you're trying to not be discovered otherwise this bird runs away and you basically fail the mission and then from there it's basically you can use your chocobo to search out treasures so like it'll it'll pick up like a treasure scent that can unlock a bunch of different items it can unlock uh, upgrades for your transmuter, which is like an item crafting system where you can craft new items, new gear, and then upgrade your, your, your gear from that way. So there are a lot of small things that they've added in terms of mechanics like that. And then that's not even discussing what they've done with the battle system, which is probably what everyone's kind of curious about. I mean, I, I'm I definitely curious because I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the battle <laughs> system and I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Even from the start when things yeah. were simpler. I thought it was great. It's a lot more um, a streamlined, I want to say, because okay. like there are systems they've put in place now where in previous games you kind of had to juggle all three characters. So from the top, it is basically the same system, but they've added a lot of more flourishes to it. So for one, the biggest change is the synergy attacks, which are the bread and butter of this of the of Rebirth. Like it is day and night difference between remake and rebirth playing it yep synergy attacks are are basically a good indicator of like how far your party has come in terms of closeness and like how how friendly they are with each other so like, oh. as you grow friendly with your 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 party and you start using these synergy moves your relationship improves so finding these moves unlocking them is crucial to building your party because mm. they are like a, a found family so they all start coming together because you know they're they're in the situation they've all kind of had to pick up 
the slack from where they've come and you know come together so synergy attacks are just like flashy moves i mean it's just more or less just a way to deal out damage every synergy attack is based on their personality so cloud can unlock something called a spell blade which he unlocks with Aerith, and Aerith and him team up for this move and she'll throw spells at his sword and they'll like inflame his sword and he'll throw like a magic attack that hits everything and staggers pretty quickly um we've all seen the one with Aerith and barrett where they kind of throw the glasses on so like she'll she'll do kind of the same thing she'll Throw a bullet, show like magic, magic sizes bullet. I'm gonna call it magic size. That's what I'm gonna call it. Magic <laughs> I sizes love that ter- yeah. that term. Yeah, that works. <laughs> she'll like she'll she'll basically buff his bullets where well they'll penetrate faster, build stagger quickly, and once you're staggered, it'll like deplete enemy health as fast as possible. So there are like little flourishes like that. Like every character combination has maybe two or three synergy attacks. So there are a lot of attacks oh, to cool. find and discover, and the the way you unlock these through skill points. So it's not through the material as it was before or your weapons. Now you're, you're obviously finding weapons. You have to use them to unlock. Uh, it's, it's a kind of ability. Every weapon is an ability that you have to basically master. And as you master them, you get points that go into your, 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 your folio, which is like, you're basically your skill tree. So as you get to your folio, it looks like the grid, the, the grid sphere from Final Fantasy X. So if you guys aren't aware of what that is, I would say look that up. And it's kind of the same thing. So you can kind of plan where you want to put your points. Um, and it kind of just details. So like you might be able to unlock one synergy skill that uh, allows like Red 13 and Cloud to basically do like a fire elemental attack that Red will spin around on Cloud's sword or, and then just throw fire from it or... Tifa will jump on Cloud's sword and then she'll pummel some enemy with like a bunch of like whatever magic she's got equipped. So you could do like elemental ice, wind, lightning. And then it basically it just you can pick and choose your your skills. So if you want to like pick Cloud, Aerith, and Tifa, there are skills specifically made for those three party members. Or if you want to go uh Yuffie, Tifa, and Cloud, you can pick them. There are specific skills just for those three that you can use. And it's really just kind of fine fine-tuning your party so you have the ability to have three different uh i guess parties so you have party one two and three so you can just basically pick on the fly who you want to be in your party so you can have cloud right. air my, my my basic starting party is cloud Aerith, tifa you press x you can hit r1 and switch to cloud tifa and like red on the fly so like there's a lot of shifting, there's a lot of momentum changes, and as you're doing this, the other party members are actually in the battle, just supporting you from the back. So like, if you've got Cloud, uh, Red Thirteen, and Aerith in your active party, Tifa and Barrett are in the back shooting and fighting other enemies that are on the outside of the field. So like, they're, everyone's in, involved in this oh. game. So they don't just like disappear and yeah, they the don't disappear. Them. Oh, they don't, so they cool. don't have signs in and, the background and, just cheering you yeah. on. Like, yeah yeah so like you it's a lot more it's a lot more immersive in that sense yeah you see cool. them there, they're, okay. they're they're actually doing something so they're not just there for show they're yeah. actually causing damage okay and then in worst case scenario say you're like losing you have one guy left you can tap uh i believe it's x and then hit start and then you do like an ola attack from persona which kind of brings everyone in for a last ditch to, to see if you can survive or not Nice. Oh, neat. Okay. So there are, yeah, there's a lot of flourishes like that. And I'm not even getting to a lot of some of the stuff. Like, I haven't even discussed, like, there's a lot of new limit breaks. Um, the summons, which have been wildly improved. I mean, we can 
discuss that if you guys want like the summons are oh yeah not the same like they kind of operate the same but there are now things that have been added to the world that kind of actually make sense and i'm surprised no one ever thought of so i mean <laughs> let's start with that like there are my oh god there's over a dozen summons like i i by nice and i think i had about 11 or 12 of them so you obviously can unlock them by doing the vr missions through chadley and mm -hmm. it's the same situation like that but in this case here every region is home to a titan or uh sorry a summon so like the grasslands is home to titan you'll notice like glowing orbs that are kind of just like ancient ruins they kind of look like they've been there for a long time and if you smack it with your sword uh kind of like the live stream comes out of out of the the block and basically you have to follow it and as you follow it mm. you'll enter uh like a it's called like a summon trial so basically you go to the summon trial and you have to do like a button command and as you enter it correctly you unlock the ability to weaken the summon because if you fight it at full strength you're probably not going to beat it so they've added this this um way to dial down the strength of the summons to to earn them because once you earn them you basically get one to four stars. So if you get level four stars, you you beat them at again. It's like sixty percent of their strength. So they're obviously a lot weaker when you're fighting them. But once you unlock them, they're back to full strength, and they have a bunch of uh, like stat bonuses because you unlock these these Titan summons. So it, it's it's a great system that kind of builds on the sum on the existing summon uh, system, and it just adds something a little bit more. So you're getting yeah, that's. Yeah, benefits to yeah, having you gotta a summon take your time with, with it then, you. right? You don't just jump like the whole point of it is like there's a whole other time system that goes into it and investment, and then when you get it, it I, I assume it feels more rewarding because of that. It's a lot more rewarding because you're not just like in in the previous game you would just find the the summons yeah. in the world, so you yeah. just find like a material orb on the floor. Yeah, here you have to. You'll have a couple at the beginning of the game, and then obviously you get a couple that carry over if you've played the previous games. But right. the new ones that are in the game, you can only unlock them if you fight them. And fighting them at full strength, I I I don't recommend it because they will body you very quickly. And <laughs> sounds it like wasn't you tried. until sounds like you yeah, tried. Yeah, I mean I've tried. I yeah. tried many times to fight. Like <laughs> I like Titan himself. Like he destroyed me the first three or four times I tried. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll come back to it. So. I came back to about 10 hours later because I, every section of the world is about 10 to 15 hours of exploration easily. Wow. And yeah, there's a lot to explore. There's just a lot to do and see. So like the first time I did that, I, 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 I followed all the summon trials. Like I did all three and then I went back to Chadley. I was like, well, let's try him again. And then it just kind of explained like level four, he's very weak, but he'll, he's still a challenge, but you could probably fight him and win this time. So it pays off to to explore the world because it, it all ties into the system. So everything, like I said, everything you've done, everything you will do is not there just to be there. It has a purpose. So like I said, these like these stones, they're there to just make your life easier when you decide to summon. And yeah, I mean, honestly, that is probably the biggest change to the summons I've seen in a long time. Because mm -hmm. I mean, FF sixteen, like it was very, very limited. You can summon. I mean, it's nice to see just a kind of more traditional system where every so often you'll start seeing the summon gauge come up, and like you can just bring them on for support, and they actually just you know support you. Not like right. in FF sixteen where they're nukes and they're very limited in use. Like that was kind of my big 
uh, I don't want to say disappointment, but I mean, some, it was just a big drawback for me that you couldn't use summons in a Final Fantasy game as in a traditional way. Yeah, it was very different for sure. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on it, but uh, the length of the game, how are we, how are we looking? What, uh, how long did it take you to roll credits? And are there estimates on, you know, you know, golden path in the game, correct? Versus, you know, if you do everything in the game, like what, what's your, what's your content split here? So I rolled credits at about 80 hours. Wow. Um, I have a lot left to do. So, I mean, rough estimates, I could say 120 hours to get everything. Okay. And that's, that's maybe two playthroughs because I'm including hard mode because you have to yeah. obviously play the game again in hard mode. Right. But I mean, for for what you're getting, there's a lot of content. It's it's surprising, given the fact that you know remake was just very rigid in its structure and kind of where it went and what it did. So that was like a 45, 50 hour game. Mm-hmm. This is easily double that, but it's quality length. It's a quality length that you're getting a lot of content for that. You bang for your buck, basically. It's not it's not filler just to make it that 89 there's hours. very little filler i mean yeah, people might complain great. about pacing issues but like i honestly didn't have pacing issues because the thing with this game is it's an open world if i don't want to do something i can just go back to the story this right, not like I'm, right. I'm 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 you know cornered into to doing one thing i don't want to do but that kind of brings me to the next thing the biggest reason i took so long is queen's blood which is like the new card game and it is honestly the most Ooh. addicting game i've played in the game in years like it i was a triple triad buff like i love triple triad um beans blood is amazing like honestly i really want this to be a standalone game that we could just play on our phones because queen blood as a card game is just really strategic mm. it's simple it's fun and like that's kind of like how surprised i am because i normally don't like playing card games i don't like gwent i thought it was just a waste of time Really? I was going to ask you about how it stacked against Gwent because I was huge into Gwent. In I, I tried. Three. I tried for so long well, to get into Gwent. I just, it never clicked with me the way I know some people did. I mean, obviously, we got an actual Gwent game. Yes. Yeah. Um, compared to Gwent, I, I, I love Queen's Blood. It is such a fun little mini game that you can just spend hours playing. And that's what I've been doing because. That's cool. Yeah, like honestly, every town's got like four or five people you have to to you know f- play in Queen's Blood, and they're not just one character. No, like they're actually f- some of them are really funny. These characters, some of them are are pros. Some of them are just you know they're playing this game this game for a reason, and it's just mm-hmm. it's different from what I've come to expect from from like throwaway mini games because a lot of them are just throwaways, and this one just feels like it's got some longevity to it. Um, the basic is like there are some missions like in the first in the first town like you actually unlock your first queen's blood deck by completing a mission for the local bartender okay and that mission alone is it's very heartwarming because it's a tifa mission um I'm not, i obviously don't want to spoil it because i want people to experience it but it ends on such a like a bitter not bitter uh beautiful note like it's just like a really great little nod to tifa's past as the bartender at seventh heaven you get this this Queen's Blood deck, and then you're off to the races in Calm, which is the, the first city. And basically, from that moment, you, you either love Queen's Blood or you hate it because there is no in-between. It really seems like a difficult game, but four or five missions in, and like you're 
you're invested in Queen's Blood. I I really I really have like this love for this game. Like I I just I can't stop thinking about Queen's Blood. That's probably the one takeaway from this game is the ending and Queen's Blood. I want more Queen's Blood. Yeah. Um question about performance and the visuals. I know we talked about, you know, how from an art perspective, it's so beaming off the screen, how it's the antithesis in some way to, to remake. But I know I saw a couple clips of like the demo and people were arguing, well, are, is performance going to be the way to go or is quality because there was some like flickering assets in the background? Like what's your experience? Like what, and what have you been playing on? So from the top, I can just so let's start with this. Uh, I've had no glitches. There's nothing okay. like that, so that's a good thing. I've had flickering, which is not the biggest deal breaker for me. Like flickering yeah. is probably the least worrying thing about it. Uh, I played in performance mode just because I am a, a, a FPS snob. I sure. have an OLED TV thanks to you because like I. What? Just your recommendations Where's for Where's mine, like, I was Steve? Like, Where's my? You, I want a TV. Where's? I just told him to buy it. Just, That's yeah, all. I can tell it. you to buy it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Dave, go buy an OLED TV. And then yeah, go buy and... an OLED, you <laughs> dummy. See, I did my part now. I do. I yeah. just. It's just. It's in the living room upstairs, and that's not where I have any of my consoles hooked up. Well, that's that's on <laughs> you. Fault is that? I put, yeah. I put mine in in the office because I knew I yeah. needed it for work. <laughs> well, I got See? lessons to learn. I got lessons See, to Bobby's learn. Bobby's doing yeah. big brain time. <laughs> you know, I put my foot down on that one. I said, yeah, yeah. Nope, we're getting the more expensive TV upstairs. <laughs> but yeah, no. Going back to the game, like. There is a patch. Uh, I think I, I think it came out today before oh. the second demo launched for everybody. But mm-hmm. up until then, like I, there are quite a few issues with um, the visuals. So like there are a couple of images I saw in people's demos that just the game looks really bad, and mm-hmm. I do feel it is pretty bad. My biggest okay. issue was yeah, the image is very. Uh, soft and very blurry, and there's there is popping, which I I'm kind of surprised by, given the fact that FF7 Integrate was really fine tuned for the PS5. But I also understand that it was like a small sliver of what this game is. Yeah, right. Um, quality mode, I I couldn't do it. I spent about 15 20 minutes trying to play it, and it might just hurt my eyes. Like that's just I don't know if it's the if it's Unreal Engine or if it's just the fact that. I've grown accustomed to 60 frames, but it was just really hard to stick with it. So I went back to the 1080p 60 frames, which was very solid in the FPS, but the quality of the image was just was so soft and it just did not really mm. mesh well with what I've come to expect. But here's the kicker. And here's what kind of throws me off is that it's only the open world sections that kind of have this issue. Okay. Getting to story sections or cutscenes like you can tell just how much work went into this game. Like that is probably what sets this game apart from remake. That game just kind of was across the board. It was just kind of murky. Everything kind of looked okay. It wasn't until the PS5 version that kind of came together. This game here has 60% of greatness. So like, it looks great 60% of the time, the other 40% where you're in the open world, it looks okay, but obviously it could look a lot better. So I don't know if this patch has done a lot. I'm going to go back probably tonight to see how different it looks and, and feels. 
uh, post-patch, but I mean, if you don't have an OLED, I don't think you're going to notice it as much because I spoke to a couple of reviewers that also had have the game and they said that they just played on a regular LED and like it, it felt fine to them. So I, it probably could just be, you know, whatever TV you have. Sure. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering because the main issue I had with the um, visuals with, with remake was the, like the screen door effect. And what I mean by that for people who might not have played a remake or maybe have forgotten everything in that game looked beautiful when you just took it in as the full scope when you just looked at yeah. the plain canvas it looked gorgeous but the moment that you looked at an individual rock or you went up to like a house or something and you tried to like focus in on an individual asset right it looked like something from like the 360 era like it was just like i i, I don't really understand like it, it was it was magic what they were able to accomplish but it was just like this weird like disconnect between like individual assets versus a full component i'm wondering like have they improved on that like if you were to hone in on say i don't know a wheelbarrow or something like you know what how does it look so overall it's better than than remake in that regard but yeah. there is there are um sections where there are noticeable uh, i guess they call it texture streaming so there's low quality texture streaming happening in certain sections so i'll give you a perfect example i was at costa del sol which is like the the, the seaside beach resort town and you're mm -hmm. you're able to swap your your costumes there you get to the stall and everything looks incredible it looks like a, a game from this generation but then you get to the stall and the the cover for the door where you, you know, how you open the door and close it and it's like a, like a curtain. Yep. The curtain is so low quality. It's, it's just a blurry mess. And I just mm. don't understand how they, they let these things go. Mm. Or you could be exploring the outskirts of Junon and the front rock faces look really good. But the second you kind of go around to the back and turn the camera, it's just low quality resolution. And I, I just don't understand how this is still an issue for, for Square Enix. It really kind of throws you off uh, out of the immersion, and that's kind of what I don't understand and why it's still happening. Hmm. I can only assume that it's the fact that it's a new engine for them. Like Unreal Engine obviously is like the go-to engine for a lot of video games, but it's a new engine for Square Enix. They've only started using it with, I believe, remakes. So, I mean, even still, I know it's been about six or seven years, but... It just doesn't seem like something they've been able to master. And the other side of that is, is this really uh, something that maybe the hardware is bottlenecking now? Like, are we in need of a refresh? Right. And it comes down to that. It's like, I don't really know the answer. I'm kind of, I've poked square about it just to kind of get an answer, but they haven't really gone back to me about it. And I, I don't think they will just because, I mean, that's probably a develop, development secret. So Take a take with a grain of salt. I I think it's just a mix a mix of both. I think it's the system and the the the, the lack of expertise with Unreal Engine four. Yeah, I mean I'm not a developer at all, but when you you present a physical game on multiple discs, I'm like, yeah, I can tell that's a big game. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that it's going to be you know very in, in, intensive in terms of uh, what it needs in terms of a uh, performance. So yeah, maybe maybe a day one patch or you know a pre pre-release patch will mitigate that or maybe there's something on the roadmap up ahead in the coming weeks or 
if you know or we do not, get a or not or maybe yeah. if they they do have that ps5 pro on on the way maybe square's like okay that's our that's our shot to kind of you know address some of these uh visual problems but it, it happened with uh remake yep moving from ps4 to ps5 so the oh, integrate was obviously patched like it looked incredible yeah. Uh, at and at also, I mean, remake is a fraction the size of rebirth. So rebirth mm-hmm. is like 150 gigs. I was always like, well, what's why is it so big? Why why am I installing this massive game on my on my hard drive? Playing it and seeing what they put in this game because there's so much content in this game. I'm like, well, okay, I can understand <laughs> it. There is just so much to do. There's so much to see and like. It blows me away that they were able to just put all the amount of content into this game for what it is into just right. 150. Yeah, <laughs> only 150. I mean, that's, that's one Call of Duty. That's one Call of Duty for me. Like, yeah, that's a bane of my existence. That game. Yeah. I, I hate having installed <laughs> on my console. Like, I hate it, but like, it's something I play basically every day still. Well, 150 is a lot, but but based on what you're saying, and I know I only came halfway through the conversation, but. Based on what you're saying, 150 is still pretty impressive. Like that's still a feat sure. in itself, right? So, it, for what, yeah, for what you're getting, what you like, get, yeah, right. Don't get me wrong. Like I took over 350 screenshots on my on my uh, <laughs> PlayStation. So another 150 gigs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's maxed out. But I took so many screenshots because like everything that I was screenshotting was just so stunning and right. an indicator of how far Square has come as developer because their moments of greatness outshine their moments of weakness in this game. Like they're just more, they do well than things they do bad. And the things they do bad is fixable. It's just technical stuff. They could really mm-hmm. just figure that out, iron out in the next six to eight months over the year. That's fine with me. The actual content and the game itself is a masterpiece to me. I really think that this is square fire on all cylinders. They've put their money where their mouth is. They've invested in this game. And I think I really truly believe that when this game launches next week, it's gonna break records. Yeah, I I, th- anticipation. I was gonna say I think the anticipation is very high. It's already yeah. like Squ- Square has a proven track record now, not only with remake but with sixteen as well. That was a huge boost for them as well, just in terms of like garnering goodwill and a fan base to to stick with them. So coming into Rebirth, I think it's gonna be quite the quite 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 the quite the launch um quickly i just wanted to know was there anything else you wanted to touch on because i have one final question for you and then um we can uh, start to move on but uh yeah i want to make sure you get everything out of your system i could talk about this game for hours so that's the problem so <laughs> right one, there are still a couple <laughs> good, things we good problem to have good problem yeah, to have really a good problem to have yeah. because like it's been really hard not being able to talk to a lot of people about this game right. uh, outside of like you two but I mean, if you liked the music in Remake, mm-hmm. which was already a standout for Huge. what it was. Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. This is more of that, but better. Nice. And nice. there are over 400 tracks in this game. And you're, and you're always like, how is that possible? Like, yeah. What have they possibly what? done to make that feasible? Once you get to Calm, the opening town, there's a specific version of On Our Way, which is like kind of like an open world theme from the original game. It okay. is so it it puts it put my body in such an 
uh, relaxed state that like I, I just literally sat there for eight minutes just listening to the song, just like taking it in, feeling the nostalgia come over me. The soundtrack to this game is out of this world. Like I don't think there's been any Final Fantasy game up to this point that is as iconic as Final Fantasy VII's uh, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I don't think there ever will be. And just the work that they've been able to do with the remake and take the existing soundtrack and blow it into this huge performative piece where every song has eight to ten different variations in eight to different very eight to ten different styles. So like you you're hearing different versions of the same song, which is okay, whatever, that's fine. But hearing it in either like a jazzy version or like a rock version or you hear like a rap version like there are just some great creative minds at Square Enix that's very cool it is so cool and that's kind of what I'm hoping for now is as we get closer to the the launch I want the soundtrack because there's a handful of songs that I just can't get out of my head right now and I'm just eager to hear more of that the soundtrack and see like how they were able to pull like i said from the song from remake and the original into to rebirth and how they've fleshed them out and expanded upon them so if you're looking for anything to take away from this review if you don't want to play the game listen to the soundtrack Great. you'll thank me for that like, it is a standout soundtrack for any game any game i ever played in my life this is the soundtrack you will want to listen to nice all right well that yeah. that that's me so at least yeah, for now so <laughs> we'll see when i play it or if i play it but yeah, for now have 400 yeah. tracks to listen to before no problem no problem man <laughs> what do you think i was doing that, before i came on that's what i was yeah. doing <laughs> uh yeah so i saw uh distant worlds in toronto a couple years ago and that was based on final fantasy remake so square if you're doing another version of distant worlds in toronto just please let me know yeah. i will be there i will be there with bells on and yeah the and my buster sword yeah, oh course. you'll be busting you'll be busting yeah, I'll I'll bust with that. the bells yeah. uh no that uh that concert that they did when they went through like all the different uh generations and, and games i think it was like last year or the year before i went to very cool very cool yeah. stuff for someone who has very little touchstones for the series i was like this reps uh yeah, i appreciate sure. all the music here mm-hmm if there's yeah. one thing the series does well, it's it's, it's their music. scores. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to round off, I guess there's a couple things I, I kind of want to bring up. Sure. If you've played the original, anyone listening, I'm sure you're curious about the Gold Saucer. Totally. The Gold Saucer is obviously like the, I don't want to say, it's not me. So it's Mount Coral's version of Las Vegas. So it's like obviously a very okay. bougie. Um, resort you go to that's in the desert and it's where all the mini games happen the very iconic mini games like the g-bike you can do the the boxing game there's a haunted hotel I remember the boxing game i remember that all of that in in 2024 oh my god it is probably the coolest thing that that i experienced within I don't know. It's like side. It's, i would consider it side content for what you're doing because they're obviously the story takes you there but you don't have to do any of that. You can kind of just breeze through it. Mm-hmm. But like spending the time going through Gold Saucer, going to the Chocobo races, going to do the G-Bike, it's all fully realized in, in today's graphics, and it is so freaking cool. Steve, there's a haunted hotel there you will lose your mind in because it is the coolest hotel that I've ever seen in any video game. It kind of reminds hey. me of what we just mentioned. Oh, oh my God, yes. Where it's, yeah, like 
like when you go ring the bell at the front door, you would expect someone to come up from the back, but nope. And this guy here, he dropped from the ceiling and he's he's mummified and he talks to you about your room. <laughs> I'm in. It's, I'm it's amazing. It's amazing. Like it is a great, great segment. I this is where all like a lot of the I think um uh, Shipping wars are going to happen. You're going to hear about it in a couple of weeks. There's going to be a lot of shipping wars between Cloud and Tifa, Cloud and Aerith, Cloud and Barrett, Cloud and Red Thirteen, because you can go on dates with all of them at the Red at the Gold Saucer. Oh. And depending, yeah, it depends on your relationship status. So if you have a higher relationship status with Barrett, you can actually go on a date with him. Or if you want to go out with Tifa, you can go on a date with Tifa. And yeah, it is a very interesting portion of the game. Think it's more of the honeybee in on steroids. Let's okay, that that's what that's what it was reminding me of, just based on the way you're describing it. It was like, okay, it is the honeybee in on steroids, and oh, that's that cool. was probably my favorite side part of remake. Same. So Same. if you like yeah. that, you're gonna love this because I, I I I I spent a good 15 hours there, even though I didn't have to. Awesome. And yeah, honestly, everything about this game is 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 just out of this world. Like. If Sephiroth had to summon Meteor today, I would tell him, no, don't do it because we are about to play a remake and rebirth. I'm sure he'd listen. I'm sure he'd be like, oh, I get it. Okay. Um, okay. Rounding out the discussion here before we start moving on, um, I'm I'm very eager because, again, just uh, full circle here. Limited experience with the franchise. I know Dave's here with me as well. But I want to know... what about people who may not have even played remake? I know that Square was talking about, oh, you can jump in with like limited to no knowledge about remake. And I was like, I don't understand how that's possible. But I, I want to know straight from the, the horse's mouth here. Do you see this being like a standalone in any way? Yes, I think it could be a standalone game. Really? Because... Okay, interesting. So there was a really good recap that was released maybe several months ago. Yeah. It is told from the respect of red 13. So obviously he's a very important character to the game. Uh, he kind of recaps the whole, uh, you know, sequence of events from the start of remake up until the end of remake. It's about four or five minutes. It goes through every story beat with a lot of detail. I mean, if you don't want to play the game, this is probably the video you want to watch. Yeah, it's available on YouTube, but you can also access it from the main menu, and it 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 will summarize everything mm-hmm. with all the detail you would want to start the game. So, if you're asking me, yes, I I think it is a standalone game in that respect because it really is all you need. That's all you need is that five minutes to get caught yeah. up. Impressive. No, that's good to know because uh, I basically yeah I I had hopes that I could go through the entire base remake into integrate right before rebirth obviously time never works on my side so i did not get around to replaying uh the base game but i wasn't still am interested i i was thinking either tomorrow or the day after i'm gonna go through spend a couple nights just go through the yuffie dlc get myself that's, reacquainted with the game yeah. uh, i think that's a must but yeah i was interested um in finding some sort of recap because i remember I would say probably 80% of that game, um, yeah. of the base game of Remake, but I definitely wanted to watch some sort of uh, recap just to kind of, you know, get the juices flowing, get myself reacquainted before I jump into the UV DLC. But that's good to know that there's an, 
the the red red 13 one i i didn't even know that they put that out so that's cool it's, it is a really good uh okay. recap so basically if if i had to say anything skip remake if you have to play integrate because it's it's very short it's about 10 hours yeah that's what i've heard yep it, it and it does uh flesh out yuffie's character and and sonan which is someone from her village he's a great character he is worth it just to play himself and it kind of introduces you to the synergy system because it's it's a very right. basic version of that system yep well worth playing so if you can get your hands on it play that and then jump into remake or rebirth sorry Amazing. Yeah, that, that was a very extensive, very, very good uh, discussion about uh, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth. I'm looking forward to it. Um, highly anticipated game uh, for me. But yeah, well, I guess we'll have more uh, in the coming weeks. Um, right. Yeah. From, from me as well. I, I know we have a bunch of content planned, but once I start getting into it, I'll definitely be talking about it on the show. Uh, as a man of the people playing it amongst, you know, everyone else out there, all the audience members, it'll be fun uh, to go through it uh, together with y'all. Dave, I want to get to you. I want to get you talking. Have you been playing any games recently? What, what have you been up to? Um, well, I got myself into Helldivers. That happened. Um, yes! I, I, he's only two yeah. weeks late. Only two more, weeks late. Well, I, we was, were, uh, we, I think it was... You were saving democracy, and you were hiding your hole. And I was... And I was not... I Actually, I was in the country that you are saving... Well, not country, but... I was in the U.S. while you guys were playing Helldivers, and I couldn't get to my console. I was like, I gotta right. get home. I was... It's a shame, I, because democracy was, needed you. Well, it really did. Yeah, I'm I'm at uh, level nine or ten now, so I've put oh, wow. I've put some time into it. It's been uh, I think I tried to play last Friday with a friend. It took me about twenty minutes to get in. Right yeah. when all the sort of server stuff started, like last weekend was kind of messy. And that you know what? I'm not gonna get upset about it. They have had a successful game. They're working their butts off to make it make it happen. Um, hopefully, they're not you know, stressing too much about it. And hopefully people will just deal with it because if it's a fun game, you should just wait and you can play it when it works. And and that's it. Right. I, th um, I think that's the best thing is that not only does it seem that the studio is working through it in a very healthy and sustainable way, uh, but it seems like the player base just does not care that they have to either wait like in extensive like server queues um, or they're like, I'll, I'll either wait here or I'll come back like i i did yeah that's how good the game is is that people are gonna come back i i hope that the people coming back is what happens because there could there are some look i don't know how many people this is but when you when you look at you know posts on steam or other you know forums and similar to reddit whatever you want to look at there's always a couple comments say oh i bought the game and i haven't played because and it's been a right. day or it's been two days look that sucks i get it right like you want to play this game you're excited or whatever right like that, like last Friday was the second day I had the game mm -hmm. would have, would have been like my third hour playing it or fourth hour playing. I wanted to play. I just, I just sure. got my second weapon. I just, you know, I, I just hope that doesn't deter people. I hope people don't return it because they only played for half an hour. I hope people that did buy it, stay with it because I, I think this is one of those games that as long as that player base is there, which I think is what we talked about when we we're talking about games we're looking forward to for this year is that as long as that game uh, the game is healthy enough with enough people playing it, which as of right now, more than enough people are, Too then many. the content will follow and the quality of that content will follow as well. So yeah, um, that's, that's what I hope it is, but it is, 
it's a goofy blast man that's pretty much all it is you know i don't know if it's the humor in it or if it's the type of gameplay what you're fighting like what you're shooting down bugs and robots like it's probably a combination of everything it's just like if you die or you fail a mission okay on to the next one you know i don't feel tilted i don't feel upset i'm not angry if i'm playing with random people and we're not communicating as well as you would if you're playing with three other friends you know it's it's okay it happens you know i didn't quite get all the xp or the samples that i wanted to right you know it stinks but i'll play another one because they're fun because it's a good time um so yeah i i've really i've really had a good time with helldivers 2 um i accidentally realized that you can also shoot in first person the other day oh <laughs> nice i had no you idea discovered that eh? yeah <laughs> i discovered it i was like oh okay <laughs> It's I'm, actually my preferred way. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Okay. I got, Especially against the robots because they have like very specific like they, that I targets. Yeah. 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 And certain weapons obviously would be better to, to do it with, it seems. For sure. Um, but it's fun. I, I've had a really good time with it. Um, I, I'm not bought into the the sort of battle pass or whatever they're, they're calling it um, just yet. But I can see that, it, you know, there's some interesting stuff that you can unlock, cosmetics and things like that. Um and the progression so far with or without buying into the extra content feels feels fair to me you know i i do like that uh i don't know who did this first maybe it was fortnite i don't know but the whole you know use your in-game currency and purchase whichever you want on that page um with the with the right. currency that you buy you know yep. buy five of this or go to page three and so far you can unlock the other one and you know sort of picking and choosing it's not literally just across a line I like that. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like getting this helmet before I I got that cape. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's a small thing, but stuff like that I think is kind of fun. It gives you gives you a little bit of a sense of choice, even though at some point you have to unlock anything anyways or everything anyways. Yeah, I, it's so. it, it's funny because in a, in a era where every game is trying to nickel and dime you, mm -hmm. take all the take all of your time, own your own your life, own your children, because that's how live service games are. This is the most like non-predatory live service game i think i've ever there's, played there's nothing it, nothing about it at all yeah where nothing. it actively feels like while they do have like the battle pass to buy into it up front afterwards there's like it, it almost feels like the game is working with you to be like don't spend any money here like you really don't have to like just play the game you don't have to even to get like cosmetics in the superstore and everything yeah i just buy like a full like suit of armor just by playing the game and finding oh, super yeah, the, credits in the, the the blue credit thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah. by finding them like in the game. Yeah, I like, bought a I bought I've a never helmet play... from that or something too. Yeah. No, if I if I want to play as you know like I don't I don't John McClane in Call of Duty, it's like oh hand me twenty five dollars, bitch, and I was like okay, chill, Activision. Here it's like no, you you can just yeah not pay any more money. You, you I was like I'm shocked, shocked. Yeah, by, the, by this monetary uh, system that they have. Yeah, and um, I mean, it seems like they don't really, quote unquote, need it at the moment as far as like how, right. much, how many sales they've had so far, which is great. And and I think what plays into that is is the the map itself. How you know it says it's real time. I don't know how real time the percentage of your progress is around uh, across the world and stuff. It's it's real time. Yeah, but but that plays into yeah. the not needing it to be predatory because really they just they want you to progress on each planet right. to 
to topple the enemies regardless of which ones they are because when you go in and you see oh it's 98.758311% yep. all right i'm going to contribute to that you don't you don't need a particular strong ass weapon to do that you just need three other people or two other people mm -hmm. to go in make a difference and get out and that's great that's great so, some of the coolest clips i've seen have been i've seen it twice now where people on reddit have uploaded their clips of being the final contributing mission i did that once i did it once no shit yeah 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 wow yeah, I, see I that's a cool feeling it was cool because i didn't i didn't i i jumped into a random game and i didn't even see which mission we picked it was yep. i just i i think they put out like the sos thing and i i dropped but it was at the beginning of the mission it was very early mm -hmm. i think they may have done one side mission thing the other three people and then at the end, there was two people that were on comm, so I kind of overheard them. I was just chilling on my own, so I wasn't I wasn't talking to them. But um, at the end, they were like, oh, "Whoa, we did it! We were the one hundred percent!" Yeah, these two guys that were like, so cool. And I like put my mic out. I'm like, "Yeah, that was awesome!" <laughs> 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 Woo! Woo! And then I logged out. No, I just um, yeah. but it was but it was like, you know, does it? Do you get some bonus for being that? No, but it's cool that out of the five planets that are you know being attacked at that moment we were or us and likely another couple of squads you know in the north american servers toppled to that 100 and i think that's mm -hmm. really fun and that's yeah. that's a really cool way of doing it i don't know if any other games have done it but i thoroughly enjoy you know logging in 24 hours later or 48 hours later and go oh that planet's done okay i'm gonna go to the next one well, it's, it's, again, it's, it's that twist on everything, everything that a normal live service game is doing where mm -hmm. every like Fortnite, Apex, Call of Duty, they all want you to log in to progress your character, your account, unlock this specific cosmetic, this and that. I love the fact that it's all community driven in Helldivers 2, where yeah. just as your point is like, if, if we as a community hit this target everyone gets like 10,000 credits or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, everyone like benefits. XP. Yeah. Everyone benefits. So it's yeah. like, oh, so, so for instance, I haven't played since Saturday. Okay. Only because it's been, you know, things have been busy. And then also I've known that like, the servers have been down and everything. So it's like, I'm not even going to bother like waiting in queues and everything. I'll come back. We'll link up with friends and everything. You know, yeah. we've all played together at some various points. But that being said, it's like, oh, I just know that in the background, I'm not feeling the pressure of hitting this week's target. Mm -hmm. I know that the community is doing it for me. The team's so going to get it done, in. man. The team's going to get it done. And that exactly. team we're, is... Exactly. We're all there. Yeah. That team is tens of thousands of other people or however many. Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. That, that's that's cool. Um, so I think that also... And I think the lack of PvP might be not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, it is fantastic. And right. I think that, again adds to everything we've just been saying about the, this necessary content or wanting to show off to other people with your cosmetics or being tilted because something happened or didn't happen. Like it's team-based in pretty much every aspect of the game, unless yeah. you have, unless it's your, your, you know, personal currency for your, you know, passive upgrades and stuff like that. And that's cool to have too. So I, I think it's great. I think people should be checking out if they haven't already and definitely consider it for sure. I've been playing on PC. I've had no issues as far as in-game stuff goes. Um, any issue I've had was based on the server stuff that they've been running into. And again, like I said, and like you just said, 
I'll patiently wait if I have to. Um, yeah. I sat in a couple server queues over the last week. Some of them took five minutes. Some of them took 20 minutes. Like I said, once I did get in, it was totally fine. Um, so yeah, I've had like no slowdown, no glitches, no. none of that stuff. So it's, it's a smoothly running game. And I hope this, uh, like, like it's been said, I think over the last couple of weeks since it came out, I hope this just is a sign that Sony should be like, look, this is what we should be doing because if it is especially an online game like this, this is how these games survive. Um, at least so far, it seems this is how they really thrive and everything. So I hope that continues and I hope that's something yeah, that them this... and others take note of, but especially Sony because it's been, they haven't really done anything like that, I I think, until until now or it's been a long time since they've done any anything significant like that. So... Um, no, for sure. Yeah. I think this is lightning in a bottle for sure. Um, I mean, kudos to, to Arrowhead for just yeah nailing this because, I mean, yeah, this game has been long in the works, like eight years uh, in development. And yeah, I couldn't be more happy for, for the studio who seemingly wants to succeed and deliver something really fun, sticks to their sticks to their kind of um, vision of the game because like like we talked about like the pvp thing they already said no we're not doing it just because it's not within their vision i would have like i i i could see the argument of there being like a cool compelling pvp mode in there but hearing the director be like no we just don't want it to be toxic i i do understand like mm -hmm. any kind of competitive nature in this game i feel like is is against just goes against exactly yeah. it, it's it's all supposed to be lighthearted. it's not it's democracy communicate okay? exactly it's, it's not, not democracy, democracy. <laughs> so yeah no i i i feel like yeah this is a very sustainable game as long as they can keep first get this get the game at a stable playing ground for mm -hmm. everyone who wants to jump in and then start working at okay what's next what's the what's the cadence of releasing substantial content in this game new planets new enemy types i know that they have mechs on the way so lots of cool things to look yeah, forward that to. map is pretty big there's lots of uh lots yep. of areas that, that can go so that's exciting too because it even almost shows you that this map is just going to be filled out and, and it might take some time but that's great and it's not only that but like they the can map. easily just bring it back and be like oh now go back to this old planet because now yeah. it's overrun by something else and everything so like the robots cool and bugs are working there. together like <laughs> oh dude could you imagine that like oh you would never like, survive like a like a triple threat thing like yeah. everyone's just working oh my god or they're yes. fighting each other and you're stuck in that's the what middle I'm saying, and you, yeah. yeah you have to survive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so um, there, I will say though, there's a couple like the robot missions, I think as fun as they are. And as much as it feels like you're fighting off terminators a lot of the time, which is kind of fun. Um, some of them feel unfair, but I think that's balance and that's things that they, they can fit or fix. There's, there's a couple where I'm just like, there's no way that I can beat this. <laughs> hey, are you talking about the, what the escort mission? There is that one in particular that I think a lot of people have, have had issue with. I think they, they might've patched it now. Um, I, I or I don't we're working know, on it, but uh, they, they discovered what it was. Do you know what it was? No, I think it's just like a fascinating thing. No, I don't. So, so when you when you queue up to it, right? Essentially, for people that don't know, you're you're supposed to drop in. You're at this base, and you're supposed to escort civilians from like one base into like this main main. They hub run from one like... door to another, essentially, exactly. and there's yeah. two... while while there's like robots what? dropping in and trying, trying to, to kill shoot them. them and you. And, yeah, and exactly. it's a much smaller area. Than, yeah. what, than the other missions where you're doing multiple things. You have one task in a small area 
and yeah. a bunch of enemies are dropping trying to kill you and stop the the civilians i guess the hostages so so the issue yeah. is is that any time that anyone dropped in regardless of difficulty it was hard as shit yeah and the reason was is because they would just keep throwing enemies and enemies and enemies and you couldn't even like catch your breath like it was, it was just death after death People discovered that when you queue up to drop into that mission, it gives you a timer of 40 minutes. Okay. When you actually drop in and start the mission, you only have 15 to complete it. So what people are assuming is that what it's doing is just like funneling 40 minutes worth of enemies in, in 15. 15 minute window, in a 15 minute window, which okay. I mean, obviously needs to be fixed, obviously needs to be balanced and addressed. But I think that is so hilarious it's like we're playing it and just a mass amount of enemies are just hitting you hitting you hitting you it's and it's non-stop. just it's just this is what this is what it's supposed to be like spread out three times yeah like it's supposed to be a nice cadence and everything no it's just obliterating you with enemies okay. and i thought okay. that was just hilarious when that, i when i read that, that. is funny because i think i don't know if this is actually true this is just sort of what i suspected but missions like that where there's a timer and you have to get something done in a certain amount of time um i think if you stay longer more enemies will come or certain yeah. areas on larger maps if you just kind of like you know pick your nose and just don't really get it, get anything done they're gonna drop more enemies on you so that you're not just standing in an open field kind of thing right i thought maybe that was miscalculated or something and they were just like oh nothing's happening but regardless that's that's great <laughs> that's great yeah. you know what Again, it's just people are have like pro, tens of thousands of people have constantly failed on that mission because it's it's pretty much impossible. Um, but am I like upset at the game and never going to play it because uh, I failed that mission like six times? No, I'm going to move on to the next one because I'm yeah. having a good time and and it's it's encouraging you to have a gun a fun goofy time too. So, uh, anyways, yeah, yeah. Hell Divers Two has been really fun and uh server issues or not i'm gonna keep trying to jump back in so cool yeah yeah rounding down with this episode i have a, a couple uh games that i wanted to touch on the first skull and bones um Ooh. Uh, hard to believe this so, game is is out i was gonna say so th yeah. this game is the madam web of uh video games because i don't believe either of these actually exist Right. Uh, well, fun fact: I have played and seen Skull and Bones and Madam Web, so oh, I am just okay. I'm I'm in it right now, Dave. I am in it. <laughs> Unreal. Um, Skull and Bones is, in the most polite way possible, a game that felt like it should come. It should have come out eleven years ago. Jeez. And and I mean that both in a good way and a bad way. It feels very much like it's in a bubble of its own. Um. I mean, obviously Ubisoft greenlit this, wanted to get this out right off the success and and everything off Black Flag for good reason too. I mean, Black Flag still to me, rose tinted glasses or not, one of the best Assassin's Creed games simply because of its setting, its ship combat, um, everything about it really, really did resonate with me. And then, yeah, through some sort of development hell, Skull and Bones just could not they could not figure out this game and here we are 2024 and it came out and I have such mixed and juxtaposed opinions on this game because there's something here. There's a good idea within this game. Like when you break down so many of its components and its gameplay systems, there's something here where I'm like, Oh, this is at least interesting to play. I, I don't, I wouldn't say like it's, 
it, it borderlines fun. And I think that the strongest thing is the most important thing in this game, which is the ship combat. I think that bar none, Ubisoft knew what it needed to fix from Black Flag and did so. I think streamlining ship combat, making it almost like an RPG where you're, uh, you know, building your, your own ship, upgrading your ship, adding different weapons on the, the, you know, the ports and the bows. I don't know the right terminology of the sides and everything, the no, whatever. No idea. I have no clue. No idea. But, <laughs> but there's something there where it's like, oh, you're customizing your ship. You're, you're making your ship. Yeah, your it own. sounds, you're, it you're... sounds fun too. Just as, just the sound of yeah. it is like, oh, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Exactly. And it's kind of like a more elevated version of CFDs where, you know, you have a sense of ownership over your ship, you're doing all this stuff. And, and that's fun as hell when you're, when you're on the water sailing and you come up against, you know, one or several ships and you're fighting them, it's, it's fun. Like it's kinetic. That's it's fun. Good. It works. Whether you're ramming a ship, whether you're timing your cannons, whether you're, you know, you got your ship or your cannons on one side and then you have like fire cannons on the other, you can upgrade them all. And, um, it really does work. And then the game falls apart completely with everything else. <laughs> And I don't mean that hyperbolically. I don't mean that as an exaggeration. I'm not even doing this in like a mean, like trying to be rude or anything. I just feel like they had the one idea where they're like, we're going to take Black Flag, make it its own game. Shit, what do we do now? Because that that's not that's not a game. That's just ship combat. It's a mode. The sim, exactly. Um, so, so essentially what they did to flesh it out is not only you have the ship combat, you have, you know, upgrading, building your ship. The game is essentially just um, like fetch quests or cargo management. The game where you'll you'll you have this vast open map broken into like three sections. You can go to like different pirate outposts, talk to a, an NPC who has no personality, not, no intrigue to them. There's no story in the game. There's a very loose story that I. I, I throw on a podcast and kind of just ignore, but essentially every NPC will just be like, Hey, here's a, here's a contract you can pick up, go uh, destroy some ships or go find these items or go do a thing and then come back to me. And that's essentially all you're doing is you're, you're amassing all these contracts, going out to the sea, doing that rinse and repeat, trying to become the pirate master, like getting, getting your infamy level up as a, or your notoriety, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's just a cumbersome kind of system or cumbersome excuse to get to the fun, which is, Hey, I'm on a boat or I am the boat and I'm shooting I other boats. I am boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's essentially like what Ubisoft kind of went back and forth with, which was, hey, you're going to be entirely the boat the entire time. There's no, there's no pirate uh, character. No off, you're not no doing any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then people were like, no, I want to be a pirate. And they're like, shit, we got to make a pirate. Now mm. we got to put someone on the land. And once you're on the land, the game just is boring. It's uninspired. There's like a whole bunch of, you know, like shops and everything, but the, the game just lacks any kind of life. And unfortunately, the game really does look like it came out the next day after Black Flag. Like, I, again, I, I hate to be Damn. so critical or, um, again, it, it comes it across as, as mean, it but yeah. it, it really does. Like, the character and uh, characters themselves don't look great. Um, they don't move. Like, there is a performance and a quality mode. Couldn't tell you wh which one's on. 
like because it just doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter i i put up a screenshot on twitter and it really did kind of just boil distill all of my feelings when it comes to the 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 way the game looks and the the, the way the game feels is that while you're sailing you'll come across these like larger than life um storms and you'll see okay. lightning you'll you'll see the the wind shift and everything but once you actually just look at what the storm is it's just gray it's just a gray screen over the over the the water there's no texture to it there's no like line it's just a gray it's, it's a fo fog frame. of war in the n64 games i've been playing for the last uh <laughs> i mean like, it's like Turok. essentially <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just really like frustrating where it's like man we waited 11 years right for this we've we've I'm, done I'm, I'm, we've moved past this or at least mostly moved past what that is you know or oh, at least for, in that way yeah exactly and i think i think that's really at the end of the day the the message here where it is we just have moved on from any what whatever sort of um you know systems or uh, expectations they're they're not contemporary anymore this game feels like it should have come out on the 360 or ps3 or xbox one and ps4 like the early days like th at that time this would have been a marvel to play this oh would have yeah been like, okay. wow this is yeah this is really inventive yeah i posted I'm the looking picture at the uh, shot in our now. discord yeah. yeah the the other weird thing is that for some reason your boat has a stamina be a meter oh all right <laughs> Because sure. yeah, because ships just run out of steam. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> oh, and to replenish your stamina, you just eat a banana. On the boat, the boat regens with bananas. If you, the captain, yeah, eat a banana, yeah, you you get a boost in stamina. Well, maybe it's just you that's tired. Maybe you're just tired. You need that potassium. I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that, but that's what I mean. Where it's like the game. Sh has something there is the ship combat but then there's all these different systems and everything and it just gets a little convoluted it's a little convoluted it's too much and i feel mm. like we we lost the plot here which is unfortunate but yeah it just i i wish there was just a little more here for me well at least was, yeah i wish it was black flag that's all i that's all we need to say is it should have been black flag End yeah story. Like, I, yeah that was the basis of a great pirate game why yeah. did they do this? It, it also didn't help that we we got this game years after Sea of Thieves. Yeah, well now Sea of Thieves is on every console, so really, yeah. like it, this is like even worse for them. It really is. Sea of Thieves it, it, worst, is worst timing ever. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is great with friends. Like yeah. talking about how Hell Divers is a game you can just be like, okay, we failed. That's that stinks. Or oh, okay, we didn't get things done the same the way that we wanted to, sort of speak or whatever. But it's just a great like it's if if you want a game with friends and you just want to shoot the shit for a couple hours i think yep. some missions in sea of thieves takes a little too long to complete in my opinion but they're still fun sure. if you want to just get something done do goofy stuff also make progress it doesn't feel like it's too weighty it doesn't feel like it's too serious sea of thieves is perfect for that mm -hmm. and has yep. been for the last three years since i first tried it uh it's been a while since I picked it up, but like, it's such a, it's, it's great. It's, a, I mean, when it comes to the pirate stuff, to me, it's right there. That's, that's what yeah. you need. But anyways, Skull and Bones, yeah. I haven't played it, so it's hard to like compare specifically, but 
based on what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I, I think if you're, if you're really into to pirates, if you're really into ship combat, I think there's something here. Uh, but right now as a full price game, I, I just struggle to, to recommend it. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. shame. Yeah. After everything um, that we've been through to get to that point, it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely. The last game I just want to touch on a uh, very high level. I started playing it last night at the time we're recording it is uh Balatro or Balatro. It's the poker roguelike game. Oh, that that, thing. that came out. Yep. And Dave, this is a this is a Dave ass game if I've ever heard one. Oh, shit. Like it is shit. It is so fun. So I joked around about it on, on Twitter as well. Like I played it for three hours last night. There's a known issue on Xbox. They're working on it where there's no sound. If you're playing on stereo, I, I spoke to them and kind of tried to like, there's a workaround at this point. But if you're, if you have your audio settings on uh, stereo or surround sound, audio just can't play. So you have to switch it to like HDMI or something like that, or um, uncompressed, whatever. Okay. Anyways, I played it in complete silence for three hours and had the best time. So essentially <laughs> what it is, is exactly what it sounds like, a poker roguelite. So you're playing poker against a, a computer. And as you go, you, you're facing like different various enemies uh, in waves. So first, first like round, if you will, um, is the small blind, which you have to, uh, you have to reach a total of $400 by getting... Uh, you know, flush, straight, any kind of, you know, poker, poker hand, right? Okay. Once you do that, then you go to the next boss, which is, uh, or the next dealer, uh, big blind, which is in this case, $800. So again, you're just trying to amass enough combos to get essentially 800 points to then defeat that one. And then you get to the third wave of that round, which is the, the boss blind. And essentially... Uh, in this case, $1,200, but it has like one uh, randomly selected buff or debuff in the game. So for instance, for every hand that I was playing uh, in this one specific round, um, two cards out of my deck would be pulled. And it would just keep doing that every single round. I see. Okay. So, and every hand you can either, um, you, yeah, you can, you can dole out your hand or you can discard. You have a certain amount of hands that you can put on the table and a certain amount of discards as well. So essentially you're just trying to amass a certain amount of points, beat that blind, go on to the next one. And after you're done those three, you move on to the next wave, which is called like an anti, which is much more difficult. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to build yourself all the way up to the anti or uh, anti eight, which is the highest wave, if you will, in between you're, uh, you're, on, you're, you're gaining money, unlocking new cards to build your deck out. So it is a deck builder as well. But the, at the end of the day, you're just trying to, it's a roguelite. So you're, you're building your deck, but if you fail, if you, if a boss beats you, you go all the way to the beginning and you kind of start again. It there. It sounds like there's a lot okay. of systems, but okay. once you actively start playing the game, it's it's so fluid, it's so fast, and it it is one of those games where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna play one more round because it's it's very addictive. Interesting. Okay, I could see I could see that. I could see. I'm I pulled up the the Steam page so so people can see it and stuff too. But um, yeah, it looks like I mean it literally says on the description underneath in Steam uh says like encourages you to quote unquote break the game. You know, because yeah. you're doing all those things that you were mentioning and, and all that. Let's, uh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, I clicked add to wish list. It's, it's less than $20. Honestly, yeah. I could probably just buy it and kill not three hours, but probably 10. 
in one show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, like I'm looking forward to it now that I have the workaround <laughs> on the audio. Sure. Um, yeah, in, in between all the rounds, you're, you're, you can unlock like new Joker cards, which have these like randomized um, perks for you. So right. it, it adds a little bit of like, uh, you know, RNG to the entire game. It's really fun. This game kind of just snuck up on me. I heard a lot of people talk about it when reviews came out. I was like, all right, I got to put at least a little bit of time into this and talk about it on the show just because it is, uh, you know, we love roguelike, a good roguelike on the show. I, every once absolute, in a while. I absolutely love that style of game. So yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I knew it was going to be up your alley. So I wanted to at least touch on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we should uh, let everyone go. It's been a great week, you know, with Final Fantasy. Bobby, where can people find your written review and keep up with everything console creatures and yourself online? Under the shadow of the earth tree. Right. Right. Yes. No. No, you can find us everywhere. Every social media page. Just look up console creatures. We're there. We're everywhere. That's all you need. To all know. there, everywhere. Um, I will say, I, I just mentioned that I pulled up the page for people to see on Steam of uh, Balatro. Um, uh, uh, video versions of the podcast. Anytime that we get a chance to make sure that we're putting it up. Check it out. We got trailers that we'll pull up. Sometimes gameplay. Uh, like I just pulled up the Steam page. People can see that. Um, it's all going to be available. So if you want to see our lovely faces and see some of the stuff that we're talking about, uh, find us on YouTube as well. So that's another thing yeah. to add to the list. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yes. Legitimately. Yeah. We're on everything. If you want TikTok, we got there. If you want YouTube, we're there. If you want Spotify, I think we're there. We're there. Oh, we're, we're on we Spotify. Are. We're Spotify. And we, we're everywhere. We be, we're... Like as my parents call it, the Spotifyer. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Dave, it's, I don't know why that's what yeah, they call it, but it's been that way for like, I like it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I like it. Dave, where can people find you online? Uh, at Dave Petro across the board. Um, I've tried to streamline it for sure. But if you want to also want to follow my, uh, my ridiculous uh, journey through uh, the Nintendo 64, remember 64 show is where you'll find that as well. And of course the podcast itself. Um, but uh, that, those are the main two ways to find me. But uh, Dave Petro, if you want to be following everything I'm doing for console creatures, including reviews and news and everything, uh, that's it. What about you, man? Yeah, he, uh, like you, I keep it very easy, very streamlined across the internet. You can find me at Asvigvari on all platforms. Woot, 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 yep. woot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to have a whole bunch of cool content uh, that we're cooking up. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in, joining us. Until next time, we'll see ya. Bye. Goodbye.